Welcome back to the Instant Reaction podcast on Turf Show Times. I'm Kenneth Arthur. With me again is Blaine Didasco. And speaking of potential fiascos, it didn't turn into one today as the Rams win 20-19 against the Baltimore Ravens. This game being moved up from 1 p.m. Pacific time to 10 a.m. So uh, the Rams, I believe this makes them 5-0 and now on the road in the early slot. And for a team that will uh, potentially have to go on the road in the playoffs at some point, uh, another strong victory for Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford and the Rams as they improved to 12 and four may have been a difficult one to squeeze out by the end as Baltimore did hold a nine point lead uh, right there around the third, fourth quarter, but going on the road, facing a Baltimore team that's uh, not a joke. Obviously, I think there was maybe higher expectations somewhat for uh, Matthew Stafford because the Ravens' pass defense, one of the worst in the NFL this season, injuries impacting that in a significant way, of course, uh, and Baltimore playing without Lamar Jackson and going to back up Tyler Huntley, a lot of injuries at running back. But still, you go on the road, you face Baltimore, a team desperate for a win um, because this could end Baltimore's playoff aspirations. Uh, Big game here for Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford to get a win in there. I feel like I have some pent up uh, things and emotions that I want to get out here about the way that people talk about Matthew Stafford and the way that they sort of conveniently talk about him during the bad moments. And then all of a sudden start talking about other players uh, in the good moments. And so I want to get into that, but before I explode uh, on all of that, um, I, I would first like to ask you Blaine and just take my uh, part out of it, take Mm -hmm. whatever I think out of it. What is your evaluation of Matthew? What was your evaluation of Matthew Stafford against the Ravens today? Well, not a great start, uh, not a great start. And to have two of these games back to back with the three intercept, uh, with the three turnovers, uh, not great. Um, but, um, you know, one thing you can take away from it is, you know, uh, to d- the team's ability to play in close games and win these close games, especially leading up to the part of the season where all the games are expected to be close. So that I think you can take away from the whole team, um, the way they, the way the defense and special teams came up big uh against the vikings uh but in this game you know you got to give stafford credit after his mistakes uh for getting it together and uh getting the game-winning drive um to odell beckham jr and i guess also against the vikings because you know one thing that i noticed was uh he's making a lot of bad throws but he's making the ones that that we need to make to, to you know to keep to save the game uh in the fourth quarter like we did today so, yeah, I think, um, you know, his uh, poor decisions and his bad throws are making us nervous. Um, but like I said, it's going to it's going to be close game from here on out here on out. So might just be tuning up to to win in these close games and come from behind uh, at just the right time, maybe. Yeah. What do you think the Rams would look like today 
because a lot of the focus, uh, this mm. is again, where I think uh, people sort of shut down certain conversations when they don't fit their narrative and then bring mm. up those same conversations when they do fit their narrative. And mm. that being comparing Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff, which is when you say how much better the Rams could be right now, it's, can we stop bringing up Jared Goff? And then all of a sudden when Matthew Stafford starts out the game, like he does today or plays like he did last week, it's, Hey, this is the same as it was with Jared Goff. What a waste of a trade. So then all of a sudden it's okay to talk about Jared Goff. Where would the Rams be today in your opinion, if they didn't trade for Matthew Stafford and they had stuck with Jared Goff? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I, I get it uh, when those comparisons come up, especially, say, in the heat of the moment, um, watching Stafford lose fumbles uh, in the pocket, especially. Um, but um, I don't think it's fair to say that um, that it's a wash. You know, uh, Stafford is an upgrade from Goff. Um, if you, you know, if you just take the interceptions and, and the turnovers, that's where you can start to make the comparisons. But if you look at the upside, you know, the upsides are different and even the turnovers are different. I think Stafford gets in trouble with his interceptions for different reasons than Goff would, uh, mainly the fact that he, he, he's got the stronger arm. So this year we've been able to stretch the field. We've been able to attack downfield in the deep passing game um, like we hadn't been able to with golf the arm strength is different the accuracy downfield is different um, but you know with that comes sort of the confidence and and the risks associated with those kinds of passes and um, still still I put a little bit on Stafford as far as decision makings what to do with that range um, so uh, that, that's why I think you know they're get, you know they both got in trouble with turnovers, but for different reasons, and uh, and the upside is different. So we've benefited from Stafford's accuracy and arm strength that Goff didn't have. So I think that's got to account for some of the wins that we might not have had with Goff. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, for me, always it was more about I'm lower on Jared Goff than most people. And I'm probably a little bit higher on Matthew Stafford than, than most people, but I would say I never expected Matthew Stafford to come in and win MVP or even be a top five quarterback. I think mm -hmm. he could be, I thought, Hey, look, now he's in a situation to be like the eighth best quarterback in the NFL and have that actually pay off with playoff trips, which we're seeing play out mm -hmm. and that it is to me such a much larger upgrade from Jared Goff. And when you look at it, it Matthew Stafford right now has 38 touchdown passes mm -hmm. over the last two seasons. Jared Goff has 37 touchdown passes. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's 2020 and 2021 with the Lions. Even if you go to his last two seasons with the Rams, he had 42 touchdown passes. Matthew mm -hmm. Stafford may surpass that now. And we also have seen Cooper Cup reach, um, you know, the heights that he has reached, you know, over 1800 yards challenging for, you know, whether it's 16 or 17 games, still challenging for single season records and, and potentially to one thing, it doesn't matter how many games you play potentially winning that triple crown of wide receiving. Um, I just don't see how that stuff would have been possible with Jared Goff. And, and if it was, why wasn't that happening over the last two years? It seems like everything else is, the same, except the team doesn't have Robert Woods, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you're getting OBJ uh, worked in there and getting a little bit more comfortable each week, but still, this is a much more one dimensional offense. Um, mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's even something that uh, could come to harm the Rams deep in the playoffs against like a really, really good pass. Even, I don't know, but 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to like vehemently d- defend Matthew Stafford all the time, but I do think that people, because they, as you, as you mentioned, like there's like an emotional part of that thing where at when Jared or when Matthew Stafford throws a pick six early in the game. And yeah. if you were feeling like then that negative emotion just like manifests itself in, Oh, I'm going to hate, I hate this move now. <laughs> but then I think what that does is it makes people double down on that feeling late in the game when Matthew Stafford goes 14 of 14 for 162 yards in the second half. Mm-hmm. And, and now all of a sudden you're doubling down on this, but I just said, and I just tweeted uh, a half ago that I didn't like Matthew Stafford. So now I can't say that I like him. And I think it makes people like just a, you're just not enjoying the games as much as you should be. And, mm-hmm. and B, I think it just makes you have a false opinion and spread false opinions about Matthew Stafford, which I think I see a lot of people doing. Cause yeah, I just don't think that the Rams make this win this game today and come back from a nine point deficit uh, without Matthew Stafford or a top eight quarterback, you know, you got to be able to go toe to toe with the top quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that's where Jared Goff was going to find himself falling shy in the playoffs um, year after year after year. If, if, if it had continued to go on, which is just like, you do have to kind of have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when you get into the playoffs. Um, And the other thing about the interceptions being, I think we also have to have some context for how many interceptions are really being thrown league wide. It's, it's not necessarily, even though Matthew Stafford, he's got 15 interceptions right now. Uh, I know Trevor Lawrence has threw three more interceptions today or or more, but uh, so he has the most and Stafford has a lot, but he's, he's actually not very far away from Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Uh, in, in interceptions, Josh Allen has 15 interceptions and, and everybody likes Josh Allen for the most part. So for me, I, I think like we have to have context and say, there are also just a lot of interceptions being thrown. And a lot of these guys don't have 38 touchdown passes, whatever that being. Um, and then the other thing is just the context of the picks. Uh, what were your uh, uh, sort of reads on the two interceptions? Oh, I think, um, you know, they're, they're tough ones. The, the first one, first of all, both of them, right? Just good plays by the defensive player, Clark, the safety. Um, the the first play on the double out routes, uh, that's a tough one. I think um, Stafford, you know, to his fault, may have been a little locked on to Tyler Higby. You got Odell Beckham Jr. and Higby running double outs. Uh, and we can't let that one defender, you know, he's, he can't be in a position to to defend both. Um, so I think, you know, give a little bit more look to Odell Beckham Jr. If he's, you know, if that defender is in position to guard the inside out, then he can't be in a position to, to take Beckham's away uh, near the sideline. So um, that one felt to me like we might have been a little locked on and, um, you know, and then you got to put on the play calling a little bit. Um, we know that we're, you know, the um, defense knows that the Rams like to attack that area a lot, whether it's with Cooper Cup. Today, it seemed like we're shifting that over to the tight end, and that might have been a little predictable by that point in the game. But um, but hit that middle zone area in between in between linebackers to Cooper Cup is is one of our is one of the Rams favorite plays uh, in that third and short. So um, that felt a little predictable. And then the second one um, down to Odell Beckham Jr. deep. Um, uh, We had uh, 
Van Jefferson uh, on the crosser that was pretty wide open. So again, I think that's just where Stafford's ability, you know, to hit the big ones downfield uh, might get him in trouble a little bit. Um, I think there was early to take that shot. Um, I think we played a little bit more conservative hitting Van Jefferson uh, for the shallow crosser, which still would have ended up being maybe about 20 yard gain after the run after catch. So, yeah, I think um, in that case, both cases, good play by the defense, uh, but also things that we hope can get tightened up before the playoffs. Yeah, and with uh, that second interception, that was also – wasn't that also after the uh, delay a game forced it from third and five to third and ten? Mm-hmm. Right. So right. it's like also like uh, whether that's on Stafford, McVay, whatever, penalties and uh, not putting yourselves in those long situations. That also yeah. plays into it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not – not going to say that Matthew Stafford doesn't make me uh, nervous <laughs> or, you know, like that I have the utmost confidence in Stafford versus Rogers or, or, or Stafford versus Brady. Cause I don't, but I don't mm-hmm. know where you would get that confidence with Jared Goff. I don't know where you'd get that confidence with Carson Wentz. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know where you'd get that confidence with John Wolford. Like the only way to, to have, to have taken a chance and had a shot to win the Super Bowl this year, when, you know, mm-hmm. Andrew Whitworth is 40. When you know that Cooper cup is 29, when you know that, you know, Robert Woods is, is a year older than that. And, and you know, like, okay, what is the window in the NFL anymore? Because you're seeing fewer and fewer over 30 players in the league. And so the Rams are just looking at it and saying, yeah, what are, is the actual window? Maybe the window is for right now a year or two years. And so mm-hmm. getting Matthew Stafford, I think is the only way to get in the conversation to be like, yep. hey, the Rams are in second place in the NFC right now, and they've got a shot. And I just don't think that they had a shot if they do anything else that was available to them other than trade for Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't see how any of the other alternatives were an alternative, were a choice at all. So when people complain about Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. um, to this degree, because just to be like, oh yeah, you know, like. He doesn't have anything on Brett Favre in terms of pick sixes. He doesn't, you know, like Brett Favre, there were, there were plenty of quarterbacks who have, have had this sort of uh, mentality or uh, mistakes, error prone, error prone history. Uh, Dan Marino has a lot of pick sixes in his career, second most all time. Um, And they weren't put in the position as often as Matthew Stafford to even throw that many, you know, how many people are, giving enough uh nobody where's the context that you know Matthew Stafford for all those 12 years was playing with some of the worst coaches and and teammates uh sorry guys but you know lot, lack of talent in Detroit was not a, a it's not a controversial opinion you know yeah. where's all the context for that where's all the context for um the fact that Matthew Stafford's probably never had to deal with as uh complicated and sophisticated or whatever of an offense as he has to deal with. There's a lot that goes into, you know, running the Rams offense. And Mm -hmm. I think that he has to deal with a lot in his first year under Sean McVay. This could only get better uh, as there's more time for uh, Matthew Stafford to get comfortable with the playbook and all that. But anyway, yes, I do feel, uh, I feel positively about Matthew Stafford. And I think I, I probably feel even more supercharged about it because um, of the second half and especially the fourth quarter, which I just don't think those plays, there's a fourth and five completion to, to Odell Beckham jr. And, and even that play, it's like, 
that all the focus was on OBJ. And I'm just like, why are we, how is all the focus on OBJ for that fourth and five and for the touchdown throw? Mm-hmm. Pretty good throws, took, right? He did pretty good throw under pressure, even on that four, on that fourth down throw. Yeah. I, I think like, I, I do think obviously you, you got to take the clearly at this point in his career, 13 years in the league, 33 years old, clearly at this point in the league, you just know that you got to take the bad with the good with Stafford. Um, and, but I also just appreciate too, like, do we have any appreciation for how rare it is to see quarterbacks who do shake off, you know, turnovers to, mm-hmm. and, and show up with confidence and poise in the fourth quarter. It mm-hmm. is not that easy, you know, like what it puts on a lot of, of players. Um, I think you've seen, I think, you know, we've all seen it here uh, sometimes with the Rams. I think you've seen it uh, plenty of times um, with other teams, which is just like, you want that guy who throws maybe two interceptions in the first half and it doesn't affect him. It, you know, what it has an effect on so many uh, players out there to think about playing in front of 15, 20 million people watching you on TV um, and that will scrutinize everything you do and spend, you know, three hours on Twitter uh, trashing you um, every time you make a mistake, but to just be like, well, I don't care about that. I'm going to go back. You know, a lot of guys do crumble, I think, in those uh, situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but Matthew Stafford also uh, is a winner today because of the fact that he only had to score 20 points um, and that the Rams defense had five sacks and an interception on Tyler Huntley, who you know, plays much better than most backup quarterbacks, I think. Um, And he was sacked five times. What were your thoughts on LA getting pressure? Did you think that that was something that Baltimore brought on themselves? Or did you think that was something where Aaron Donald and the Rams were uh, just playing at a very high level? I think it's, um, you know, I think it's B, right? Aaron Donald and the Rams defense, again, for the second week in a row, kept this offense and kept this team afloat uh, with their play. Um, uh, yeah, Aaron Donald is making his presence felt with uh, Greg Gaines also having another good game. And it's all, you know, all things that are just off the stat sheet with just their, you know, they're redirecting tackles into their teammates. Uh, they're getting pressure in the backfield. Um, and again, uh, Leonard Floyd and Von Miller uh, showing up on the edges. Um, and then uh, it culminates into the secondary getting their opportunities. So big pick by Jordan Fuller uh, be in the second quarter. Um, so, yeah, man, I think it was definitely a good show of the defense uh, keeping their team in it while the offense gets off to a slow start. Um, and again, things that we're going to need uh, heading into the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, if there was one, maybe negative uh, moment for the offensive line for the Rams. Uh, it was Tyus Bowser getting a sack and a forced fumble um, mm-hmm. and, and the Ravens getting another turnover there uh, against Rob Havenstein. What were your thoughts about the performance of the offensive line? Yeah, I think um, uh, offensive line did, did all right, but yeah, there's uh, breaks in the pass protection uh, really hurt us. And, you know, we saw Stafford make uh, some good throws, even under pressure, but uh, like that strip sack, um, that's just, uh, you know, Rob Hevenstein getting beat on the, on the end there. So I think, um, you know, not, not great, but again, um, they did get a, enough push for, 
Sony Michelle to keep the chains moving and still have a productive game. Um, 3.9 yard average. Um, you know, again, made it seem like um, the run game was working. Um, and again, made it seem like maybe we should have been running the ball a few more times in those in the early passing situations, um, like the Ravens did. The Ravens kept the ball rolling, sometimes running the running the balls uh, seven times in a row on one of those fourth quarter drives. Um, so I think the offensive line is looking good enough with Sony Michelle, you know, to try to put those kinds of drives together uh, moving forward. Yeah, um, taking it back to Greg Gaines. Because uh, he was definitely a guy who stood out again today, as you say. And I was looking up what uh, what these guys are getting paid. Maybe you know the most the defensive tackles uh, of current uh, years. You know uh, what the top paid guys are really making. Um, Greg Gaines. I mistakenly uh, thought that he was going to be a free agent next year for a second, but since he was in the 2019 draft, he should be a 2022 free agent or a 2023 free agent. Um, so I think he's got another year there on his contract. And for, I, when I'm looking at, I look at a guy like DJ reader. Uh, some may, may know DJ reader from the Texans. He signed with the Bengals a couple of years ago. Um, it hasn't been like, uh, what I know he's, he, to me, like I look at a DJ reader and a Greg Gaines and I'm like, okay, maybe there might be some comparable uh, esteem here. Uh, and that's like a $13 million a year player. So if Greg Gaines, I think we're to continue to play at this level, especially obviously next year or talking about like an extension or anything like that. Uh, have you, where would you put Greg Gaines in the echelon uh, of defensive tackles and defensive ends? Um, who have played alongside Aaron Donald because with, you know, with guys like Michael Brockers uh, and Sue uh, uh, and a couple and a few others, of course, there, there's been some really um, there's been some names there and some, uh, some, some guys who've had success. Where, where do you think Greg Gaines sort of fits in among those who have played alongside Aaron Donald and gotten um, I wouldn't want to say criticized, but you just don't give them as much credit because they are next to Donald. Yeah, I mean, he's right. He's right up there, especially with his, you know, his sort of breakout season this year. Um, so, yeah, I think especially still being on his rookie deal. I mean, you could talk about just his value to the team at this point in time, uh, that he's right up there comparable with uh, with Sue and Brockers. I mean, kind of at least where they were in their third season. So I think this season he's, you know, he's producing a lot of value. Um, uh, but looking ahead, for sure, I think, you know, over the course of their careers, he's going to be comparable to Brockers and, and, and Sue. Um, but, uh, you know, they came to, well, the Sue anyway, came, came to the Rams later in his career when he was already established. So um, I think Greg Gaines, yeah, should he stick with the Rams, will have that kind of effect, um, but sort of more long-term, like, with, like how Brockers was. Um, yeah. And then, you know, thinking really long term, you know, it'd be great if he's sort of hitting his prime as, you know, as Aaron Donald either declines or uh, isn't the Aaron Donald of today. So I think having uh, him being this productive in only his third year is that kind of sign. Yeah, uh, didn't I don't think he got any credit for any QB hits today. Definitely didn't get any uh, sacks. He had a big tackle for, uh, for a loss and, and definitely getting in there. Uh, 13 QB hits, four and a half sacks, uh, for him in this 16 games, you know, so kind of like comparing it to other 16 game seasons. I mean, as far mm -hmm. as totals go and, and he didn't really become a full-time player until middle of the season. Uh, and it, basically he was in there uh, about a third of the time for the first half of the season. And he's been in there for about 95% uh, of the time in the second half of the season. So, 
um, a lot more playing time for Greg Gaines and the Rams defense um, having another solid outing today. And I think they've cleaned up. Would you say that this may be like going into the playoffs? Um, there's still one more huge game left against the 49ers. And, and you know, think uh, unless I don't know, I don't think that it is possible, but unless the Rams are somehow locked into a certain seed, you know, I guess then Sean McVay would be able to sit players. I don't think that there's going to be any sitting going on. Um, but uh, that's a game that uh, the Rams are going to want to win no matter what, just to finally prove like, Hey, look, the 49ers, these aren't no, maybe you can even keep the 49ers out of the playoffs, you know? So there's definitely going to be a lot of incentive uh, to win next week. Um, But with regards to uh, his teammates, uh, Von Miller had two sacks and adds a couple more sacks to his Rams resume. And then you've got Odo Beckham jr. Catching the, go ahead, touchdown and that huge fourth down, you know, I I was just crediting Stafford as well, you know, but uh, Beckham made the plays that he needed to play only had five catches for 39 yards, but uh, is making the plays that he needs to make for the most part. Um, And these were two moves made by Les Snead in the middle of the season um, Mm -hmm. to add players that, and, you know, could have chalked it up to just flashy names that were past their prime, but as uh, as Blaine, you were telling me before the podcast, you know, this stands out as a couple of very key midseason moves uh, for the Rams and for Les Snead, who, in addition to, uh, you know, drafting great gains and sometimes, you know, not getting a lot of credits for his uh, mid and late round hits, you know, finding a guy like Greg Gaines, finding a guy in the sixth round, like Jordan Fuller, who had an interception today. Um, less need maybe isn't getting a ton of credit as uh, any uh, sort of executive of the year um, right. awards. He's added Matthew Stafford, Von Miller, Odell Beckham jr. Uh, he, you know, he, the first round pick that went this year, I mean, that was used on Jalen Ramsey. Like, I think he's doing pretty good. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Les Sneeds and uh, 2021? Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, uh, again, we tend to hear more about the misses, which is always, always going to happen. Uh, you know, maybe the biggest factor that, you know, Tutu Atwell isn't active right now. Uh, but yeah, you got to give credit to, I mean, I mean the most obvious one uh, to me at this point is, uh, of course, Cooper Cup, uh, third round draft pick doing what he's doing uh, this season. So I think that's the most obvious one. Even Van Jefferson, uh, as, a, as you know, he's becoming a hit uh, in his second season. Um, and then the other one is Ben Skrowanik uh, today uh, coming up with at least one clutch catch, uh, two catches overall today. But I think one of them was on a third, uh, third down. Uh, and that's a seventh round pick right there. So that's what he is doing in the draft as far as where he's hitting. Um, on top of all these midseason additions that he's making. And it goes back to even Sony Michelle, um, who didn't have an impact in the first part of the season, um, but now is looking like a pretty key move on top of Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and, you know, I think um, it's kind of what he was, he, you know, hopefully what he knew all along is that these guys are going are gonna to come in clutch and, and contribute. Uh, maybe not the whole season, but when, when they're needed most down the stretch as the long season progresses and fatigue injuries set in um, and then come playoff time. So, yeah, I agree with you that, um, you know, we tend to focus on on, on the misses, but uh, but he's hit on a lot of his moves this year. 
Yeah, it's been a, a good year this year. And yeah, some of his, his moves of uh, past years, like, his, yeah, like uh, Drew Cooper Cup and uh, Greg Gaines, um, really paying off, especially this year. And uh, at a good time, um, the Rams, they do still have a chance to get the number one seed. Um, if they finish 13 and four and the Packers finish 12 and five, uh, which doesn't probably, it's probably like probably not the case, but the Rams still have some uh, things, um, some chances here to do there. But let's just say that the standings stay as they are today, uh, which would have the Rams hosting the 49ers in the first round. But uh, that almost seems, I guess it's still possible. I, I'm almost like, can that happen based on the fact that those two teams play next week? But um you've got the rams the bucks the packers the cowboys the cardinals the eagles the 49ers um as the the playoff teams right now uh based on these last couple of games it's been sort of uh shaky you know it's like some uh, nerves about trying to win games with turnovers which is just so 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 difficult to do and somehow the rams are two and oh over the last two weeks despite those three turnovers um, Blaine, where do you sort of set your confidence meter going into the end of the season here? You know, we can't say going into the playoffs yet, but going into the end of the season, the Rams have won five straight games, yep. but does it make you nervous at all in the way that those games have transpired? Um, I'd say it, it does. And it doesn't, I mean, uh, but for the most part, a win is a win and that's going to, you know, that the wins count the same, you know, technically the same in the regular season, um, as it does in the playoffs, as in one win is one win, although one, you know, obviously the playoffs means elimination, but nonetheless, you know, you get the W and it is what it is. So, um, I think it is more encouraging the fact that the team overall, um, starting with Sean McVay is finding ways to win these close games um, because whether it's to a team that that's, you know, is not expected to take the ball away three times from us or whether it's during the playoffs when we're against uh, higher caliber teams that, you know, are more expected to, to get their share of turnovers. Um, I think the more important thing is the fourth quarter, the second half, uh, how we're making adjustments. And like you, like you said about Matthew Stafford, how our quarterback can stay mentally focused um, and, you know, to see our defense keep us in these close games. Uh, hopefully we get, you know, a couple more special teams uh, plays that'll help us over the hump uh, over the next few games. But I think it's more encouraging to see the team uh, stay in it and finish it off uh, for the win. Uh, more so than seeing those turnovers, which, you know, uh, which are, are bound to happen, hopefully not in threes, uh, but are bound yeah. to happen against good defenses. Yeah, that is uh, true. And I, I, I would imagine, cause we're also not talking about maybe a couple of players that uh, also could still be added to the roster um, in the playoffs. Cam Akers uh, right. seems almost certain to come back next week. If not, um, the wild card round, which uh, Sean McVay has basically said. And then Sebastian Joseph Day is another guy that's uh, been hanging around. And when you talk about the possibility of having Greg Gaines and Sebastian Joseph Day and Aaron Donald all on uh, the field or active on the game day together, you know, just that much more of a chance to defeat teams uh, like the Packers and the Bucks in the playoffs, which, you know, the Bucks did not look very good uh, for most of the game today against the Jets. They win, though, 28-24. Um, but, and as we're talking about this, 
right now is in the instant reaction, just awaiting the result of Cardinals versus Cowboys um, as either one of those results will have an impact on um, LA's place in the standings. Uh, if the Cowboys win, then the Rams will clinch the NFC West, but they will move down in the seeds uh, because the Cowboys would move ahead of them. Um, but if the Cardinals win, then the Rams stay in the two seed, but then uh, may need to beat the 49ers next week to uh, hold on to the division. So a, a lot of interesting stuff going on right there. And just even before the halftime, the 49ers and the Texans are only 0-0, I guess. So um, odd day overall, I guess, in the NFL at points. But the Rams do win another game with three turnovers. Not the way that they would uh, necessarily draw it up. But as you say, Blaine, doesn't matter if you win by a point or 100 points. Um, it doesn't matter. So the Rams staying alive for the number one seed in first place in the NFC West. Chance to win the division today. And they have a real shot here at getting back to the Super Bowl and we'll see whether or not the, that happens over the coming weeks but feels pretty good right now to just be 12 and 4 um a lot more positivity i think after 16 games this time than after 16 games last year especially with how those last few games went in the regular season and now these games you just would rather win them than lose them. Uh, special teams also, by the way, pretty okay. Other than Matt Gay missing a, a very long field goal attempt. You had a good return by Brandon Powell. You had two punts inside the 20 by Johnny Hecker. And uh, the Rams come away at 12 and four. Blaine, uh, where are your, uh, let's say, where are your game balls on offense and defense as we uh, wrap up today? Game ball on offense, I'd give to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, again, you know, not quantity, but quality of impact on the play. Um, two really good catches, again, in clutch when we needed them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on defense, um, I'd say Aaron Donald. And then uh, another second game ball to Jordan Fuller getting his, finally uh, his first <laughs> interception of the season. Yeah, uh, another... Uh, kind of a sneaky good player that we don't talk about very often on, on this show or even on turf show times uh, because Jordan Fuller is just quietly yeah, very solid. A lot of very solid players on the Rams um, that get overshadowed by a couple of big flashy names. But um, today it took a full team effort to come away with a 20 to 19 win over the Ravens and move on to 12 and four next week, final game of the season against the San Francisco 49ers um, and nothing could feel better than punctuating the season with a win there. So uh, we'll be back for the next instant reaction show after next week's show. So hit subscribe to this show. If you haven't already, or if you've never done it, uh, please hit subscribe right now to the turf show times podcast. I'm Kenneth Arthur with me is Blaine Didasco. Follow him on Twitter at Blaine Didasco D Y D A S C O.